0: There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in. Now to the show. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. It's a solo podcast today. I am your host, Andrew Grammerdell III. As we get closer to the holiday season with Christmas, New Year's, and all the holidays coming up, um, it's it's getting harder for for Beal and I to, to get on the same same schedule with a podcast. So this week, we're going to be filming or record not filming, but we'll be recording our podcast separately, our segments, and then compiling them together for a podcast. So welcome back to the Yankee Your Socks Off podcast. Uh, this is my segment i'll be talking about my yankees i'll be talking a little bit about tommy devito and our our giants and then i'll be finishing up today's podcast with the hurley's hustling huskies segment um to start off today i'm going to talk about my yankees because it's been a minute uh since we had our podcast with will dean and it was an electric podcast we had a blast filming uh blast recording. I don't know why I keep saying filming. We we do not have cameras set up on us yet uh, for the podcast, but that will be coming, uh, coming in the new year. Uh, but for now, just recording, and the Yankees are on their way to pulling off one of the greatest off seasons that they've had in a long, long time, bringing in Juan Soto, a trade from the Padres, giving up a bunch of arms, Michael King will be missed. Johnny Brito will be missed. All of the arms that we gave up on that deal, I'm sure Drew Thorpe will will be pretty good eventually, and Randy Vasquez as well. But had to do the deal. Juan Soto, arguably top three hitter in the league, and he's a lefty bat with a short porch and right. He hits the all fields. Him and Judge with a one-two punch in the lineup, best in the league. So just starting off there, an absolute excellent start for for the Yankees in this free agency, We've already talked about pulling off a trade with the Red Sox to acquire Alex Verdugo, another great contact hitting left left-handed hitting outfielder who fields pretty well. But today, the Yankees bring bring on ex Red Sox Jeter Downs, named after Derek Jeter. Now, he has very limited time in the major leagues, but he still has a minor league option. He is a shortstop, second baseman, former former high prospect that was traded in the Mookie Betts trade from the Dodgers to to the Red Sox. Alex Verdugo, also a part of that trade. Now, both of them are Yankees. So the Yankees are are starting to find their, their evil empire groove again. Uh, stealing, pre- stealing players and, and decent ones at that, especially Alex Verdugo. But Jeter Downs could be solid, definitely solid depth in the middle infield on our forty-man roster. Um, stealing players from the Red Sox, um, and I, I'm very happy with. It. I mean, he's named after Derek Jeter, so if he's this could be his last shot. I mean, he's a 25-year-old. He's our age. He's Eyes age and. You know, I, I don't think I would give up on on the guy at the, at this age. He could definitely make a name for himself. He's already got the Jeter name. That is way too much to live up to in New York. But he's playing for the team that he rooted for growing up. And I know that if I was that talented and got to play for the team that I grew up rooting for and the area that I was from in the major leagues, I would leave Leave even more of everything out there. Obviously, if I got a shot anywhere in the major leagues, I would leave everything out there. But I think there's more. There's a little bit more passion with your team uh, versus just playing for that next playing for a job. Um, you'd be playing more for the for the team on the front of your jersey at that point um, if you got to play for the team you you grew up rooting for. So I, I think it's a great signing, and maybe just maybe uh, Yamamoto, uh, the best pitcher on the market this year signs with the yankees i think with the move of tyler glass now going to the dodgers in that trade and them also shining shohei that that brings the dodgers out of contention here and it's really just yankees versus mets and if i'm yamamoto he loves a big stage i know cody kodai sanga um, with the mets had a great rookie season last year and also a japanese pitcher and Yamamoto is friends with him and that, that could be a pull to the Mets, but the Yankees, the Mets are the dwarf of, of the Yankees, um, when it comes to rec- being recognized across the globe. Um, and when it comes to just success, um, in general, and it's, it's nice to be a Yankees fan on that side. And, and I do feel bad for a lot of, a lot of my Mets fans, uh, out there that, uh, that just don't get to – I mean, you don't have the best logo in the world. The Yankees do, the most recognizable logo. And uh, it's it's just a clean – you don't get recognized for the pinstripes, for the jersey, for the history. The Yankees do. And, yeah, I, I think the Mets are – I mean, we've gone through this before, but the, the Mets and the Mets fandom, it, it's just the Mets – Yankees dynamic the the Jets Giants dynamic it's just a lot of the times that the Mets and Jets play little little brother to the Giants and Yankees and I don't know why that was um, obviously but the Yankees were found first and maybe that's that's why they just built a better foundation but uh, I think the Yankees are going to pull this off again and if they don't that's not the end of the world Uh, there's there's other guys out there Blake Snell Jordan Montgomery ex-Yankee uh, still won't forgive Brian Cashman for trading him uh, trading Jordan Montgomery away, especially after what he was able to do for the Rangers um, in the World Series and, and that whole playoff run last year. But yeah, I, I'm really liking what what Cashman's doing and what the organization and what uh, the younger Steinbrenner now is is dishing out dollars right now and he looks like he's going all in after after what they called a huge disaster of a season last year. Um, which it was, uh, being a Yankees fan, you, you expect your team to compete for a world series every year. Um, when the, sometimes there's a rebuilding year here or there, but when your team spends top three pay, has a top three payroll in the league every year, you expect your team to be in contention to be a top three team in the league, let alone. I mean, like last year, missing the playoffs is a disaster. Um, so hopefully we can turn things around and it looks like we are well on our way to do that. So I'm very excited to be a Yankees fan right now, but what I'm not excited to be in the New York sports realm is a Giants fan right now. Um, Tommy DeVito, great story, three games. Uh, Beal might be talking about Tommy DeVito in a different light than I will in, in my segment, but Tommy DeVito, had our hearts and hopes way up to the giants to somehow run the table and make the playoffs wasn't the case, but it was great after that Monday night game against the Packers with his agent. So showing up uh, with the phone on, on the sidelines and, and his, his dress and him, the agent and Tommy DeVito's dad kissing um, each other on the cheeks after DeVito was making plays on the final drive to beat the Packers Monday night for three wins in a row um incredible story tommy devito this is your moment take it cherish it this is i mean the devito magic tommy cole cuts is what i call him but tommy cutlets is what everybody else calls him but he is electrifying he has brought life to a giant season that did not exist at two and eight uh it was the season was over and and brought some light to it to an otherwise very depressing season to be a Giants fan, and all of our hopes did come crashing down this past weekend with a 24 to six loss against the Saints. But I'm not going to blame it on Tommy DeVito. Our offensive line over the past ten seasons, no offensive line has given up more than five sacks per game. Um, no offensive line has given up more than four and a half sacks per game. Our offensive line right now is giving up five and a half sacks per game. If they keep that up, if the Giants give up more, if they give up more than 16, or even if they give up more than I think it's like 12 sacks in the last three games, they will average over giving up five sacks per game this season, which will be the most all time, well, the most all time in the last 15 seasons. Uh, pass. Well, that's obviously not all time. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. And it'll be the most in the modern era of football by far in a passing lead. And I doubt going back when in older ages of football, when they just ran the ball a lot more, I doubt there was more sacks back then. So probably the most all time in sacks given up in a season. And I, I, I can't blame any of the court. Daniel Jones, that's probably part of the reason why he got hurt. Um, Tyrod Taylor, definitely the reason why he got hurt. And Tommy DeVito, I just hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, he he almost got concussed this past game. Uh, he got taken out for a little bit. But, you know, it's time for the Giants to play spoiler. Maybe we take one game against the Eagles and stop the Eagles from winning the division. That would be wonderful. Or, you know, maybe it's beating a Rams team to... To and we beat a Rams team and they miss the playoffs because of it. I I have nothing against the Rams, so I really wouldn't want that to happen. And then there's a third option: we lose all three of these games and the Giants somehow wind up with a top five, top six, top seven draft pick. That ain't so. That's not so bad, and we can reset from there. Hopefully, get the best offensive lineman in the draft and move on. So all things are not bleak to be a Giants fan. The season's almost over, which is a good thing. Um, I I think. Honestly, when we had the bye week a couple weeks ago, bye week for a team like this with the Giants sitting at what we were when we go into the bye, we were like four and eight. That's a win having a bye and having a break. That is a win as a fan. We do not want to watch terrible, terrible football week in and week out. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that there's only three weeks left of Giants football because it's been, it's been quite sad. It, it really has. Um, it's the start of bowl season as well um, with college football. But really, I, I'm only going to be uh, – I'm really only excited for the the top four of college football because a lot of the other bowl games, a lot of players sit out, and there's not as much fanfare. And our South Carolina Gamecocks, our alma mater, did not make a bowl game this season. But South Carolina in that transfer portal right now with Beamer. Beamer's recruiting a lot of guys. I, I, think, I think we're going to have a shot oh, – we're definitely gonna have a shot to make a bowl next season, but we're gonna have a shot to to surprise some people for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, till then, it's a long way off till next year for both the Giants and South Carolina football. And finishing today's episode, today's episode, uh, my segment of the episode is my Hurley's Huskin, Hurley's hustling Huskies. Say that five times fast. Segment. I, being from being from New Jersey and, and my whole dad's side of the family being from Connecticut, I grew up going to UConn women's basketball games and UConn men's basketball games. My whole family, huge UConn basketball fans. Um, a couple of my cousins have season, uh, season tickets up there, uh, which I'm very jealous of, uh, but I live nowhere near there. But this past week, the UConn men's basketball team on Saturday, uh, beat Arkansas Pine Bluff by 38 at home, and then went to Seattle, basically in a away game. It wasn't a away game against Gonzaga, top 10 team in the country, and ran them off the floor, beat them by 13. Another double digit win out of conference. UConn starts conference play tomorrow at Seton Hall, which <coughs> every game in the Big East is is harder. I, I think it's just more rivalries things get harder more physical basketball um, but UConn what they showed me against Gonzaga um, Steve Stefan castle our, our stud freshman who who's still not up to speed yet after coming back from injury with him at full strength with this team at full strength I I can make an argument that they're better than the team last year because um, the team last year if you remember the UConn. Men's basketball team was a four seed in the tournament. This team is a top five team in the country, and I think they will stay that way for a majority of the season. I think they will stay a top ten team and be a one or a two seed if they stay. If they stay healthy, I think they're they're um, definitely a top three team in the nation. I, obviously, Kansas beat them at Kansas by three, um, but Houston looks great right now. Purdue looks pretty pretty good, but. Purdue lost to a 16 seed last year, so I'm not going to believe that much in Purdue. And I think Marquette, the other team in the Big East, the other best team in the Big East, I think Marquette is excellent, an excellent basketball team with phenomenal guard play. They just lack depth inside. I think Marquette is is definitely going to give UConn the biggest run for the money in the Big East. And if we're if we're doing a little preview here, um, just just let me talk you through a little preview of the Big East. I think obviously UConn, Marquette, and Creighton, the other rank, the Creighton just fell out of the top 10 uh, with a loss this past week. But Creighton, another ranked team, another well-coached team by uh, Coach McDermott. Um, and then Shaka Smart and Marquette, excellent coaches. Um, but first first year at St. John's, Rick Patino, I think is definitely going to surprise some people this year. And I wouldn't give up just yet on a very, very senior-laden team in Villanova that is playing with some fire. And I think this year Villanova is going to surprise some people in the Big East with how slow they've started, um, losing to Saint Joseph's and Drexel at home, uh, but they have wins against Villa- they have wins against UNC and wins against a win against Memphis, um, a win against UCLA and Texas Tech and Maryland. Like. Villanova is going to be a good team, and if I think there's an unranked team right now in the Big East that could win the Big East. It's Villanova, without a doubt. Um, especially with all of the experience they have on that roster. Other than that, I think I think the Big East is going to be kind of weaker. Especially Xavier DePaul I think are going to be very bad. Somewhere in the middle, Providence Butler, Z- Providence Butler. Seton Hall, Georgetown will be somewhere in that middle range. Um, maybe one team in there can can break the top four. But for me, the top four, without a doubt, is UConn, Creighton, Marquette, um, and Villanova with St. John's being my team out of the middle of the pack to surprise people this year because I think Patino is that good of a coach. And I've watched a game of theirs this season, and they look uh, – they look pretty good with their running gun style, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if St. John's pulled off a couple ups, upsets this year. <coughs> but that does it for me. Um in my hustling, in my hustlin' husky segment, um, please tune in uh for the back half of this episode as Mr. Matthew Beale himself himself will talk about. He'll talk about his Just a Nugget of Your Time segment, about his Denver Nuggets. Um, He'll touch on Tommy DeVito as well. And then maybe a little bit Red Sox talk, but there's not much to say. The Red Sox have done nothing this year except trade away Alex Verdugo to the Yankees. So we'll see what he has to say. Stay tuned for that as always. I love y'all. Have a very safe Uh, travels for your holidays that's the most busy time of year for for most people out there keep that in mind Um, try to try to stay level-headed and and keep the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of the holidays and I know there's beautiful lights beautiful scenery and if you're going up north could could be a white Christmas maybe Um, but for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or or whatever you celebrate this this holiday season uh, enjoy it enjoy the time with the family Uh, be safe and be mindful of, of those um, who may not have, uh, have as much as you out there and, and, and try to um, try to spread kindness. Um, but love y'all. Enjoy your brunches, Lunners. Um, sorry to get a little bit as sappy there with you. I am very much looking forward to spending some time with my family, and I hope um, everybody gets to spend some great quality time this holiday season with their friends and family. Um, but that does it for me. Happy holidays, um, and enjoy your sunsets and sunrises. Even though it's the sunset comes way too early this time of year. <laughs> Either way, tune into Beal's segment, um, and, and then he'll take you he'll take you on from there. Have a great week, y'all. <music>